most intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Knowledge Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and Emiliano, a.k.a. Jive Turkey Nano. Welcome back, fight fans, to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I'm your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and with me, as always, is the co-host with the most, Job Turkey Nano. How we doing, brother? Doing great on this happy hump day, Wednesday, man, feeling good, living better. Uh, had a good gym session today, and uh, man, excited to... Had a lot of news, man. As I was at the gym, I had a good chance to digest and take in all of this wonderful news and changes and... I mean, you know, shout out Instagram and, and X or social media for allowing us to stay in the know. But my goodness, what a whirlwind. I'm excited we were able to jump on live. An absolute whirlwind. I am also very happy that we're able to go live today. It is a great day to go live. Uh, it is a great day to be alive. And uh, man, the the news mill, the rumor mill, uh, it, it's just been popping, man. Um, we have definitely had quite a bit of breaking news in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, and I mean, we're here to report it for you. But before we do that, before we break down this kind of breaking news, right? Uh, I feel like we would we'd be remiss if we didn't go through this upcoming card, even though it might not be the craziest card in the world. It's definitely no UFC 294. Hint, hint. That's what we're going to be talking about later on in the show. Um, but it is an exciting fight card. I digress with folks like Terrence McKinney. Darren the Damage Elkins, Jennifer Maya, Vivian Arroyo, Edson Barboza, Sadiq Youssef, Andre Petrosky, and the list goes on and on and on. So we're going to be breaking down these fights, how we think they're going to play out, who our best bets are, uh, which going to just throw myself under the bus, didn't make a graphic for the bets this week, but that's okay. We'll talk you through them. Um, oh, good. That being said, we're going to go ahead and start right at the bottom, guys. Um We've got Ashley Yoder coming in against Emily Ducote. Um, both of these women have eight losses. One of them has 12 wins. The other one not only has eight wins. She's got a 50-50 win-loss ratio, which is it's very tough to see. I mean, whether you're a fan or or you're, you're, you're somebody that's not a big fan of Ashley Yoder, you hate to see someone on a skid like that. And I don't think that this Emily Ducote matchup is going to be much easier for the spider monkey Yoda herself. Um I think Spider Monkey's got a work cut out for her here in this one. But Ducote is all but bulletproof herself. We've seen her go through the ringer as well after making her UFC debut against Jessica Penne Pasta way back in uh, July 16th, 2022. She came with the unanimous decision win in her UFC debut and then suffered two back-to-back losses via decision losses to Angela Hill and Lupita Gudinez. Now, when it comes to these women, I mean, again, Angela Hill, Lupita Godinez, like we're talking about Loopy, like Loopy left. Um, 
it's not the worst thing in the world to lose to these people. However, you're on a two-fight loss streak, just like your opponent, who also lost to Angela Hill, but she also lost to Jen Frey, who... I mean, Jenny Frey is somebody who has also shown a lot of inconsistency within the UFC. This is somebody who's currently on a three-fight losing streak themselves. She's lost to Vanessa Demopoulos, lost to Pollyanna Viana. She lost most recently to Elise Reed. Uh, so to have your last defeat come by way of someone who's on a three-fight losing skid themselves, not the best look. Uh, so... If there's a chance for the spider monkey Yoda herself to come back into the win column, it might be against Gordinia Ducote herself. Uh, but I'm intrigued and interested to hear your thoughts on this, Nano. Tell us how you really feel. Oh, oh, here we go. Hey, yep, that, my check. <laughs> Hopefully I'm coming in clear here, brother. Appreciate you there. Appreciate the handoff. Oh, that was a little choppy. <laughs> a little fumble there. No, it's good. Um, no, great breakdown though, man. Great setup. Um, you know, it's one of those things here with mixed martial arts and in the ufc here we're talking about unranked uh female fighters you, you really never know i mean the odds are indicating that uh gordinia emily ducate or ducote however maybe ducate that sounds cooler um is the heavy favorite here minus 380 she's a little bit younger uh, a little bit more of the active fighter here stylistically and yeah, she is coming off two losses, so you know she's hungry, but they're against some big names. I mean, those women that she's lost to definitely have aged well in a Lupita uh, Godinez, who looked, I mean, like a monster her last fight. So with that in mind, and they both lost Angela Hill, which, you know, I think that obviously just indicates there are levels, you know, they're obviously not ranked and maybe that's for a reason. So with that in mind, anyone has a puncher's chance, but I am probably going to lean uh, and uh, I want to root for the spider monkey. Let me make that be known. I, I want to root for the spider monkey. No, she's going to be on him. But I got to go Ducate here. I think she's going to find a way to get it done. She has more uh, tools in the toolbox here. Um, yeah, overall, a little bit more younger, more springy. And the last thing I was going to mention uh, with her opponent, Ashley Yoder, which you hate to see. I mean, eight and eight record. She's one in f uh, four in her last five. Things are just not trending the right direction for her. And I feel like Emily's still a little bit on the fence. She back against the wall but i think she's gonna come out a little bit hungrier than uh our girl uh the spider monkey what about you brother what are you thinking what are you leaning? i i think ducote does have all the tools to get it done um i i think stylistically it might lean more towards ducote she has that that kind of lower sense of gravity i think she's a slightly better grappler if i had to put money on this one i would probably lean ducote but uh, I'll be candid with you. I'm not putting money on this one at all. I uh, <laughs> I, um, I, I don't I, I don't feel confident in it. But I'm um, gonna jump to the chat here for hope. Mad Max Meridian said Ducote has a certain physicality about her too that I think Yoder might have a hard time matching. I completely agree. I think she's going to come in and be the stronger girl, and it's going to show. Um, and Yoder has struggled with that in the past. I, I, again, I don't think this is going to be a different version of Yoder that we haven't seen. And unfortunately, she will have a, a record with more losses on it than wins. It might be time to uh, exit the UFC, maybe join the PFL. They have a, a far more shallow talent pool for the women's rosters in the PFL, and she might have a, a better shot there. I mean, we just saw of all the people that have ever gone from the UFC to the PFL, I think there's only been one person that's actually come away with a win in their PFL debut, and that was a woman. That was Aspen Latt. So, um, a little bit, little bit of a fun fact for you: PFL is uh, stronger than you people might think. <laughs> 
Don't so, sleep uh, on them yeah. now. Don't sleep on them. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't sleep on them, man. Uh, so I think Emily Ducote takes this one. Uh, I think she she comes out of this 13 and 8 and coming off of a win. She'll probably uh, be very happy about that. And you got to think that in a not so stacked women's strawweight division, she's not far outside of the top 15 with a win. So we'll see what's next for after that. And I'm sure you can tune in on our Monday show to see what we think. <laughs> uh, so moving into this next one, we got chris gutierrez coming in against ala tangali uh one of the funnest and hardest names to say in the ufc i think this one's gonna be a banger i think it's gonna be a very fun fight but i'll let you go ahead and take the lead on this one nano i appreciate it brother this one i'm really excited for i'm surprised this is all the way down here uh this far on the card i feel like this could almost be a prelim headliner here our boy uh, Chris El Guapo Gutierrez getting back in the win, hopefully getting back in the win column here. Obviously, just kind of showing my hand already on who I'm leaning. Uh, but El Guapo is a talented kid, man. 32 years young. Uh, he's got a 19 and five record, nine KOs to his name, and is able to drag out nine decision wins as well. Uh, so he's got all the tools there. Really uh, impressive leg striker, in my opinion. A little bit more known for that. The knee on Frankie Edgar. Really hoping he can channel some of that energy again. And I really think that's going to be the difference here against a Healy, the Mongolian Knight, uh, who I believe there might have been some changes here last minute. I don't know if they were originally scheduled to fight or if there was some changes. But with that aside, because I do think that does level the playing field a little bit if that was the case. Um, But really, the Mongolian Knight, great nickname. Uh, Similar record there in 16 and 8, 31 years old. I just don't think he has the the let's just say the durability to withstand the leg strikes the uh mixed with the boxing that chris el guapo will be delivering here um i do think that maybe for the mongolian naya's best way or path to a victory would be something along the lines of trying to mix him up getting within getting closer range right not letting chris guapo stay at distance and just chop him away uh, if he can get inside, if he can try to, you know, chain wrestle or make a nasty, uh, get a little clinch going, um, kind of just be a little bit more of the physical guy there and, and maybe get him down to the ground. Best case scenario for him. Uh, but that's a tough challenge, man. When you got somebody that's fast, that's athletic, that knows, uh, has good fight IQ and has been in there squared off against ex-champions, high talent. Yes, he's lost, but he's hungry, man. I think this is going to be a big statement win for our boy El Guapo. So make sure y'all tune in early. What do you think, brother? I agree with everything you said there. I think El Guapo, it's it's El Guapo's fight to lose in this one, guys. Um, Chris Gutierrez, a.k.a. El Guapo, is he's one of those guys, man. He's a dog. He's someone you can't help but tune into. Sitting at 19-5 and five currently in his professional mixed martial arts career with two draws. He has nine KOs slash TKOs, one submission, and nine decisions, proving he is very well-rounded. Not much of a submission guy, but hell, he's hard to submit to, considering out of his five losses, only one of them was a submission loss. And, um, I mean, come on his most recent five fights he's four and one in his last five right now uh again the four wins coming over andre ewell felipe colares batgirl dana frankie edgar someone you might have heard of uh and his most recent loss was also his most recent fight on the undercard of the holloway versus allen fight card and he lost to pedro munoz in a knock him down drag out bang out fight i actually could have seen it scored 
in favor of Oguapo in that fight. It was a fairly close fight. Um, but I digress. Unanimous decision loss on his record from Pedro Munoz. Coming in against Haile Alatang, uh, the Mongolian knight fighting out of Beijing, China. The man is an absolute beast. He fights out of fight-ready team. And uh, again, he's he's on a two-fight win streak. Um, most notable names that he's beaten. Batgirl Dana is on there as well, uh, just like Chris Oguapo's. But the other name, most notable name he's beaten is Kevin Kroom. Other than that, I mean, he hasn't really beat a ton of guys that we know. So this is going to be the biggest test for him thus far. And this is also going to be something that, I mean, is really going to be make or break for him as to whether or not he's going to be worthy of these top contender fights. I think El Guapo is probably going to send him right back outside of the top 15. Sad to say. Um but we'll see, man. I, I definitely agree with Nano on one factor. Um, I, I do think, or I had two factors. I think El Guapo wins, and I think you should probably tune the hell in pretty early. I love that. I love that. Man, usually we're contrarians, but today we're a little bit more in line. I guess we'll see how this plays out. We are still early, but got to call that out. <laughs> it's still early. Yeah, usually we're very, very different. I think we might start to see um, some some differentials here coming up. Little in the forks next in the fights. road are coming up. Yeah. Forks in the road are coming up. <laughs> Yeah, the forks in the road are coming, guys. Uh, speaking of fork in the road, we got Irina Alexeva, a.k.a. the Russian Ronda Rousey, coming in against uh, her opponent, Melissa Dixon, who sounds like, um, you know, somebody I probably went to school with back in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, she just has one of those southern names, you know. But she's coming in against Irina Alexeva, a.k.a. Russian Ronda, who... I, you know me, guys. Whether I'm right or wrong, I'm always down to tell you what I said. And I stand by what I said. Um, I laughed at the tape. I laughed at the videos that UFC posted of Russian Ronda shadow boxing and, and throwing her striking for the tell of the tape video. I honestly thought it was some of the goofiest, most awkward shit I've ever seen in my entire life, guys. Um, but I digress. This fucking woman went out there and she made me look like a damn fool when she got that knee bar over Stephanie Egger. And Stephanie Egger is not someone that's just like an easy rollover fighter, right? Granted, she's only had 12 fights in her professional career and she's eight and four. Like she's fought the Jessica Rose Clarks. She's fought the Eileen Perez's of the world. Like Myra Bueno Silva was her third UFC or fourth UFC fight. She fought Tracy Cortez in her fucking UFC debut, guys. Like, come on. She's not a pushover. So the fact that Russian Ronda was able to go out there and do what she did to her you won't catch me betting against this woman ever again. So, I mean, I think it's clear to say that I'm on Russian Ronda here. I don't know much about Melissa Dixon, so I could be swayed. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I do like Melissa Dixon's nickname, uh, No Mess. I mean, that's fun. But if we're fighting, I kind of want a mess. A little bit. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> I like that breakdown. I do want something that could get a little messy. Absolutely. We're talking about a fighter here, okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't think there's much more I need to add. You, you broke it down pretty well. Uh, I mean, this girl, Melissa, no mess Dixon, unfortunately doesn't even have a lot of stats or information on her. I believe she will be making her UFC debut here. And you just never know what kind of talent she's going up against. Yes, she's undefeated, but that's only five wins. I mean, that can be anybody. Um, so it's really hard to give a real true man.
Testing, one, two. Testing, one, two. Oh, no, no, you got some weird buzz going on, man. Yeah, it's just some weird, weird buzz going on whenever you unmute yourself, Nano. Well, this is an odd episode. Yeah, it sounds like you're getting weird feedback from your microphone when you unmute. Not sure, not sure what's happening. It's just like a weird hum. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so they can hear me, but they can't hear you. No worries. While uh, Nano is figuring out the issue right now, um, we're just going to go ahead and say that Irina Alexeva, aka Russian Ronda, used a Russian satellite and uh, hacked old American Jive Turkey Nano there for the disrespect that me and Nano put on her name. So. Moving forward, we're just going to both lean into uh, Ronda Rousey or Russian Ronda. I apologize, winning this fight because we're afraid that she might hack us again. The next fight on this list is Terrence McKinney coming in against Brendan Marote. Now, I mean, I feel like after the the handful of losses that Terrence McKinney suffered, they just decided, you know what? Let's give the kid an easier run. You know, let's let's give him uh, let's give him the kid. So literally, they gave him a guy whose nickname is the kid. Um, I've, I've never really watched this guy fight Brendan Marote. I mean, he's fought in combat zone. Other than that, he's fought in CES. I mean, the, the guy he gets it done often, like more often than not, he's fighting out of Hampstead, New Hampshire, and he's eight and one has one decision loss, five KO wins, one submission win and two decision wins. He's fighting out of the new England cartel, which is pretty impressive. You know, you, you like the new England cartel. But I just don't know if he's ready to face somebody like a Terrence McKinney. Terrence McKinney is somebody that we've seen, I mean, more often than not, come in and not use his God-given skills, not use his God-given talents. And honestly, he's he's very strong, he's very durable, and he actually has solid wrestling too. But again, more often than not, he goes out there and he lets the excitement get the better of him. And that's why he's been knocked out by multiple flying knee knockouts, right? He, he leaves holes in the defense. He rushes in. And as a result, he comes away with the L more often than not here lately. But that being said, he came in against Mike Breeden recently and literally last or a month before last, August 12th. And he got the knockout, right? Minute and 25 seconds in, he got the knockout. Um, Money Mike Breeden, however, was coming off of two back-to-back -back losses, one to Alexander Hernandez and one to Natan Levy. So it's not like he was on some crazy rise. Again, I feel like they're kind of catering to Terrence McKinney because they know that he can have he can be a star in the future. He has that potential. But you need to make sure that it's a slow burn and you let him kind of slowly just kind of wean in and work his way up. You don't want to hit him with the Icarus effect and fly him too close to the sun too fast and watch those wings burn up as he just dies upon reentry. So they are doing the slow burn with him, which I'm not mad at for that reason. I think Terrence McKinney, even though he's 14 and six compared to the kid that's eight and one, I think Terrence McKinney should be able to get this done. However, Brendan Marote is someone who has power in not only one hand, but in both hands. So 
if you wanted to sprinkle a little bit on him, I don't think it would be the worst idea in the world. He's currently sitting at plus 380. So, I mean, you could throw one unit on him to get 4.8 units back. Uh, and again, if you already have a bet on Terrence McKinney, even smarter to hedge a small little sprinkling of a bet on Brendan Moreau because he can't get it done. He can get it now. He can get that knockout. If you find uh, even better odds to hit for him to get it done by finish, I mean, again, I would I would take those odds, right? Because he's more likely that he's going to get the finish than not. I wouldn't go just straight knockout odds, though. Um, I would probably play the the double chance odds where you can choose knockout or submission um, and just rack it up. Nano, how are you coming in? Nope. Still no sound. Nope. Still no sound. It's just doing a weird feedback thing. Maybe try um, unplugging your mic, replugging it in. And then if, uh, yeah, if that doesn't work after you do that, maybe like exit and rejoin too. We can try that. Cool. Uh, so while he's figuring that out, we will just continue moving through the card here. Um, Tanera Lisboa versus Ravenna Oliveira. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't feel qualified to break it down because I haven't seen enough tape on either of these women. I do know that. If I had to put money on it, I would probably put my money on uh, Tanera Lisboa. I think that the Thai Panther has a little bit more of a skill edge here. She's also a champion across multiple other um, promotions, and that speaks volumes as well, in my humble opinion. Um, again, there's just not enough information on her opponent for my liking for me to feel confident giving you guys advice as far as betting and, and kind of who to put your money on. Um, that being said, again... The Thai Panther is someone who I'd have to go with in this one. Um, she has actually fought UFC caliber fighters. She's fought in the UFC. She's fought Jessica Rose Clark. She won. She got a rear naked choke on, in round three over her um, at four minutes and 20 seconds into round number three. And she, I mean, her very first fight, just to put it into perspective, folks, her very first fight, not in the UFC, her very first fight professionally was against Norma Dumont. Uh, back at Jungle Fight 90, which she lost uh, via rear naked choke to Norma Dumont. But still, she's fought UFC caliber right out the gates. And that says something. So while Nano is figuring out the technical difficulties. Um, Can you hear me? Oh. Testing one, two. I'm going to. Is it back? Oh, oh my go. goodness. Let me know, chat, if this is confirmed or not. But. Ay 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 ay! Shout out my! I just uh, leveled up on my IT skills. Just <laughs> went up a, a notch. Let's go. We back, baby. Let's go. Based on Matt Max's reaction, we live. Appreciate y'all. I mean, I'll just echo what your your sentiments. I agree with Terrence McKinney. I know I'm a little delayed here, but he's definitely the guy. He's a fan favorite. He's someone that should get back on the winners' column. Like you said, might be feeding him a little bit here. And that Brendan Marat. Same with the uh, Ty Panther. Uh, Finishes in all of her last four fights, two KOs, two subs. Just seems like the better well-rounded fighter and has been in there in the octagon in the UFC with high-level talent. So you got to just, you got to go that way for sure. Um, I guess, I mean, I don't know if you want me to lead off here, Darren Elkins and our guy TJ Brown or not, but, you know, while the, while the iron's hot, might as well get going, right? Uh, but our boy Darren Elkins, man, a, a household name, 39 years old. He's been around the block. He's uh, someone you might have heard of. Uh, again, just some legendary brawls, or at least hopefully you've seen maybe just casually some clips of him just 
getting after it, man. He's the definition of uh, give one to get one, this guy, Darren Elkins. And at, again, at 39 years old, although he is a grizzle veteran, man, I, I wonder if all that mileage is going to catch up, right? Can that Hemi engine stay at a high octane for that long? It's tough, man. Those roads are, are long and treacherous. And, you know, he is the underdog here. So Vegas is going to be leaning to the young buck, the uh, someone in a TJ Brown who, who is up and down as well. I mean, I think the kicker with him at 33 years old, 17 and 10, I mean, the record really says it just really up and down, not enough consistency. He lost a fight. He won against Eric Silva. Then he most recently lost against Bill Algio, El Senor Perfecto, somebody that just beat Alexander the Great Hernandez last week. So that was funny and uh, kind of a little familiarity there. Um, so what version of TJ Brown are we going to see? That's the million-dollar question. I would say if, if you like chasing some underdogs, Darren Elkins would be a good dog to chase here. You know, we like our dogs. It's tough for me to put my money where my mouth is. I mean, you know, TJ Brown feels like maybe the safer bet. Hey, you know what? If I'm going with my heart, like I said, man, we like our underdogs around here. I think I'm leaning Darren Elkins. Find a way to grizzly, you know, veteran should get out, get out of it, man. You've seen these 39, 40 year olds as of recent make a second charge, some sort of second wind. I don't know if it's just better nutrition or maybe they go keto or start doing some sort of can, uh, carnivore diet, but Hey man, love to see it. I'm I'm rooting for the old buck this time. And you know, I usually like my young bucks. I'm going with the old, old dog and the underdog, Darren Elkins. How do you feel about this umbrella? Man, this is where I thought we were going to differ. I, I'm going Darren Elkins, man. <laughs> I talked myself into it. I, I, I felt like you were going to talk me into it, but I knew where my heart was. You know, my brain was saying one thing, but I was riding my heart on this one. Yeah, I, you know, I, um, I more often than not, that's when I shoot myself in the foot is when I ride with my heart. And I'm definitely riding with my heart on this one, too. I like Darren Elkins in this fight, though. Um, TJ Brown is he's, he's an up and coming dog, but Darren Elkins is an old dog, you know, like. I think about junkyard dogs when I think about fights like this. Like you got the young dog that's healthy, just just got brought to the junkyard, you know, still clean, not not dirt behind the ears. And then you got Darren Elkins. There's dirt behind the ears, and he's also missing half a fucking ear because he's been through some shit. He's seen some things. He's been at the junkyard for longer than this other dog has been alive. And um, I think we might see that on Saturday night. I think uh, this dog's gonna hunt. I think he's going to go out there. He's going to smell blood. Uh, and I mean, a lot of the blood he's going to smell, let's be honest, it's probably going to be his own. But um, he's still going to come in there and he's going to get it done. The guy is 27 and 11, nine KOs slash TKOs, five submissions, 13 decisions. And I mean, come on, like his 11 losses. Jonathan Pierce is an absolute beastly up and comer. Cub Swanson, if you don't know who that is, uh, come on, guys. I'm going to need you to just get a fight pass subscription and watch some Cup Swanson, folks. Uh, Nate, the train land where we were talking about him on Monday. Ryan Hall. Come on. Like, it's, it's hard not to lose to that guy. He's a wizard. Um, Ricardo Lamas, Alexander Volkanovsky, who's, you know, he's all right. He's a pretty good guy. Um, yeah, that's. That's what started the most recent string of losses that, that Darren Elkins faced back in 2018 through 2020. Um, and Alexander Volkanovsky will take tread off the tires, son. He'll take years, years off of your life and off of your fight career for damn sure. So 
Darren Elkins is the absolute man. He's fought an absolute who's who in this division, but he's coming in against downtown TJ Brown fighting out of Little Rock, Arkansas. All right. And I mean, I don't know how much sauce TJ Brown has, but I bet he's got some Arkansas in his back pocket. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's probably got some power and you know, he's ready to lay it down. He's got four KO slash TKOs, 10 submissions, three decisions. And uh, he's sitting in at 17 and 10, right? He's got three KO losses, four submission losses, three decision losses. His most recent loss was to Billy a, we saw how hard it is to beat Billy a just this last week, this last weekend. Um, Billy Algeo came in and got it done over him via rear naked choke in just two rounds. Uh, he went in there against Eric Silva before that and got it done. And I'm talking, of course, about Eric the King Silva, the guy that looks like a white guy, not a Brazilian guy, not the Eric Silva that was around like 10 years ago that suddenly disappeared when you saw it showed up. Um, again, the guy's an absolute beast, but he does. He just hasn't seen the UFC caliber that the man across from him has. He only has himself, right? Um, seven UFC fights. And of those seven fights, he's three and four. So, again, he, he's lost four times, won three times in the UFC. Not a super winning record. And he hasn't faced near the caliber and opponent that he's going to fight in Darren the Damage Elkins coming into Saturday night. So, I truly think that Darren Elkins is going to come out there and, and not only eat the damage but land some damage for once and uh i'm excited to see it man i think i think it's high time for him to get a win and get back in the win column and uh get celebrated for the vet that he is i love it i love it can't wait to see it happen out of day let's go absolutely baby so moving into the main card uh this next fight i'm actually super psyched on we got christian rodriguez coming in against africa stand up for your man cameron simon um how do you see this fight going man do you think cameron simon gets it done and continues his brilliant win streak or do you think uh c-rod ends up coming in and slowing down the train Oh, man, both these young bucks have a a lot of hype behind them, man. This is a crash course of hype trains that we have here. There's two trains on the track. There can only be one after this Saturday. I love it. I almost wish the UFC did this a little more often, maybe on this first fight of the main card or maybe to to be the main event on a prelim event. Um, But point being is these are two young uh studs yeah i mean the word is maybe prospects but I, you know they're they're great fighters like let's call it what it is they just happen to be you know younger than the average guy you know at 25 years old starting with christian c rod rodriguez nine and one a really impressive victory over uh one of my guys raul rosas jr where he really just seemed to big brother him throughout the entire fight unfortunately um, well, I guess unfortunate for me being a Raul Rosas fan, but very fortunate for Christian Rodriguez was able to steal the hype from him. Another young guy that the UFC was pumping. Now we have Cameron Simon, Simon. Can he get it done? Can he, can, uh, C-Rod st- uh, steal the show of another hype train here, right? Cause Cameron looked really good in his last fight. Nine to no knocked out Terrence Mitchell, only 22 years young, very similar narrative here, man. I will admit, but I do like how active Cameron is. I think he is a little more explosive, maybe the more athletic fighter, perhaps maybe a little more well-rounded. But C-Rod, man, once he gets you to the ground, I mean, with four submission victories, he's he's nasty. So when it's all said and done, I think this is you know great on great. I think both of these kids are going to have great careers. You're going to be hearing a lot about them over the next few years or so. Um, 
maybe with numbers next to their names, most certainly, probably sooner rather than later. Uh, but I'm leaning Cameron Simon. I think he's the man, man. I mean, I think partially maybe just seeing Drake's Duplessis and just seeing this new surge of this uh, South African wave of fighters, man. But I just, I really like what I'm seeing from him. And, and I just think he's a little bit stronger than Raul Rosas is. And he's a little bit more well-rounded. I think Raul still has a way to go. Obviously, he's still 18 years old. Cameron's a little bit old. He's 22. You know, he can ha- he can have a legal drink. He can walk into a bar. So uh, <laughs> I'm leaning with Cameron Simon because I think he's the man. What about you, brother? Yeah, I'm leaning towards Cameron Simon in this one too. I, I think I think Simon is the man is definitely the the way to go. I think he gets it done. Um, and I mean, I'm here for it, man. I uh, yeah, I, I I'm a big Cameron Simon fan. I do like C Rod. I actually bet on him to beat um the the up and coming 17 year old i thought man strength was going to beat boy strength shocker it did uh <laughs> so i was happy with that bet but this is uh one of the very few times I'm, i think i might fade c-rod a little bit here uh again i like simon in this one a lot i think africa's own gets it done um and i just why do i feel that way is the big underlying question here right uh c-rod has the bigger win coming into this He's got the reach advantage by literally 4.5 inches, which is huge. And they're at Bantamweight. So, I mean, like, that's a huge discrepancy for Bantamweight, guys. Like, they don't have a lot of reach. Uh, but Cameron Simon is very slick. He's very smart. He's very wily. And I just think that C-Rod is not going to be able to get a grindy decision win over Cameron. But Cameron can get a grindy decision win over C-Rod. Um I swear, Mad Max Meridian in the chat. Thank you. Cyberman for the DBZ fans in the back. I literally can't say Cameron Simon without thinking of the Cybermen from like the Saiyan saga from DBZ. So, so Great happy reference. that you just said that in the chat. I appreciate that. Uh, and it sounds like the, we're going to keep the train rolling. We're on the same fucking boat here. So, uh, either we're both getting drunk or neither of us are getting drunk with the shots we're putting on this one. Uh, the it. next one is a, a bit of a catchweight fight. We got Edgar Chayrez coming in against Daniel Da Silva. I, I'm always weird when it comes to catchweight fights. I don't really like to bet on them just because it's hard. Um, it's hard. No, but seriously, it's, it's hard to know who's going to win these fights when they're not even fighting at their natural weight class or their current weight class that they typically fight at. Uh, that being said, Again, very, very evenly matched up fight here. 10 and 5 coming in against 11, 5 and 1. Let me take the lead on this. I'm curious to hear who you think gets it done between Daniel Miojo da Silva and Edgar Puro Chicali Chayres. Yeah, brother. And if you're, you know, maybe new here to the channel, you may have missed our breakdown of this fight about a month ago, September 16th. This is not deja vu. You are not on uh, last month's episode. This is this month, October uh, 11th. What's today? Got to double check here. Um, where, yeah, they will be fighting again October 14th. Let me get even more specific here. Uh, but yeah, Edgar Chárez over Daniel Da Silva. We did see a little glimpse of this. We got a little taste of it back then. And if you were able to watch the fight, you would have seen uh, a good back and forth exchange. You would have seen Edgar Chárez, I feel like, maybe lead the dance a little bit more. And what uh, ended up leading Daniel Da Silva, which he contested right after, and people might have felt that it was an early stoppage due to the standing choke. I forget the type of choke that was in place. Maybe you can add a little more color there. Uh, but Edgar walked away with the win. Neither of them really maybe felt great about great about it. That's probably why they're running it back. That's the only reason I can think of. Uh, maybe they looked at the tape. 
maybe they consulted a little bit more and realized, hey, you know what, that choke really wasn't doing damage, or he was not in a you know uh, threatening position. That was a bad call, right? I mean, maybe maybe that was the case. Uh, in which in which case, hey, we're running it back. Uh, although I don't maybe see it going much different. I, I just feel like Daniel De Silva is the l- less I don't want to say focused, but he's talented. He just doesn't put it together. I think if he were to really stay dialed in for the full 15 minutes, he can maybe squeeze out a victory. He is really, again, really talented, a good fighter, well-rounded. But I, I, I like my guy, Gutierrez. I like what I saw last fight. He was very measured, good boxing, and, and he's able to find submissions when when it stri- when um, the opportunity presents itself. So I'm going to lean that direction here. And I'm assuming that's why it's a catchweight, too. So maybe a, a little unorthodox. This is a very unique fight. We're seeing it so quickly. Uh, so such a quick rematch, I should say. It, it is a very quick turnaround. It is a very quick rematch, and I do think that's probably why it's a catchweight um, because it's such a quick turnaround. And it was a, I believe it was a standing guillotine that it was earlier. That was uh, the premature stoppage you were referring to, Nano. Uh, again, definitely a premature stoppage in the last time that these guys were out there fighting and duking it out. But I digress. Uh, I, I I gotta go with the same guy getting it done here. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be close, right? It was it wasn't one way traffic in the first fight, but uh, Daniel De Silva was definitely not winning that fight. Edgar Chayerez had him in a very nice standing guillotine, uh, and again, like I, I did see the live footage of that submission. This we're talking about the one where the, the guy let his arm drop, right, so he could try and get out of it. He let himself relax and uh, the ref thought that his arm went limp. Yeah, I I didn't think I did not think that his arm went limp. I did not think that he was out of it. Um, But I also don't know if he would have been able to work his way out of it. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, That being said, if I'm Daniel De Silva, I'm taking a lot more chances on the striking. I'm leaving more openings because I need to land. I know that the submission threat is there and I need to get him off balance and get him hurt early. So that way he can't get me while I'm dry. Um, so I'm leaning more towards Ed, Edgar Chayrez in this one, but I don't, I don't have a dog in this race guys. I'm not going to lie to you and say I'm betting on this one. Cause I'm just not, um, it was, it was wishy-washy the first time. And I don't think it's going to be any cleaner this time around folks. Now, the next agree. fight. The next fight is one that I'm actually most excited about. Um Andre Petrovsky, self-proclaimed best wrestler in the UFC middleweight division, coming in against Michelle Pajeda, who looks like the villain of one of the Undisputed movies. Um, This one has fireworks written all over it. If you've seen the Yuri Boyka movies, you know exactly which villain I'm talking about, too, which makes that that line even worse. Um, How do you see this one going, Nano? Petrovsky versus Pereira. This is a fun one, man. Like we uh, mentioned earlier this week on Monday, I mean, just looking at, well, looking at Michelle Bejeda, I mean, looks like a, a villain, looks like a freak, and he is talented as all hell and flashy, and at times maybe a little little too flashy. I mean, he's the guy that's doing spinning back fists, that's doing these crazy unorthodox strikes you may have never seen before, jumping off the fence, doing cartwheels, anything you could think of. He's probably done in the octagon. He's even slapped an opponent. Uh, Nate Diaz, Stockton slap style, which I actually had some respect for that one. Um, but yeah, all jokes aside, he's super talented, man. 30 years old. 
Uh, his record, you know, 28 and 11 obviously indicates he's he's been up and down, man. But that's because he's so darn active, so darn talented, always wants to get in there. Um, and is just really durable. I mean, his last win against Santiago Ponzinibbio uh, really, for me, showed a new version of Michel. Uh, you know, actually stayed cool, calm, collected in there for 15 minutes, which is what you need to do. Don't do any of the flashy stuff. Don't get too wild up. Keep Pandora in the box there, all right? You, you got all the talent in the world. You have all the explosion. You know, maybe like uh, Trevor, Coach Trevor Whitman would like to say, hey, don't throw everything at a 95% clip. Throw that at, you know, 75 will get the job done. You, you got all the power, everything you need, all the technique. Um, you're an explosive athlete. So I am going to lean Michel Pejeda here. Uh, Andre Petrovsky, I mean, man, looks scary as all hell. I mean, great record, 10-1. to Beat my boy GM3 most recently here. Took him to a split decision. Uh, but he didn't necessarily look super dominant. I mean, again, it was split. I mean, our boy GM3 was able to, uh, I mean, use his craftiness on the ground, get back up on the feet and, and win in some of those exchanges and made Andre a bit more one-dimensional. And I do think Michelle can do something similar. He's not going to want to try to shoot. I think Michelle has really good um, takedown defense and his striking is next level. So he's already going to be a little more gun shy. I do think this will end up being more of a striker's match. And if that's the case, give me Michel. Give me my guy, Michel. What do you think, brother? <laughs> well, I don't want to bet against you and your fitness consigliere, Michel. Uh, but <laughs> I, I actually think I'm going to go with Andre Petrovsky in this fight. Um, I will always... I was going to say almost always. No, I will always fade Michel Pereira. Um, I think he is super overrated. I think doing backflips um, to try and kick somebody that's a downed opponent and accidentally landing in a stomping motion on their dick is just not okay. It's not cool. It's not hot and popping with the people. Um, and I saw him do that numerous times in numerous fights. So I'm just never going to be a fan of his, uh, his work, so to speak, as it were. And I, I mean, come on, guys. Like, I just... I feel like this is a bad stylistic matchup for him, guys. I think Andre Petrovsky is going to go out there and he's going to, uh, for lack of better words, he's he's going to charge forward and he's going to wrestle him. You know, he's going to truly just lay on top of him. He's going to ground and pound him out a little bit. Um, I don't know. It, it might be fun for, for grapplers. It'll be fun for me to watch. I'll enjoy the fight as a non-fan of Michelle Pereira, but... Uh, you know, I uh, I truly think that this is, again, Andre Petrovsky's fight to lose. He's coming in there with the same exact reach as Michelle Pereira, which one of the reasons he usually does good is because he has a reach advantage. And um, Michelle doesn't have that advantage in this fight. One of the other things he does really well is do well when people are willing to play the goofy striking game with him. Petrovsky's not going to be that guy. Um, I think Petrosi is going to be the type of guy that's just going to go out there, no nonsense, and just try and, again, wrestle fuck you. Um, the fact that Andre Petrosi is sitting at plus odds is pretty damn wild to me, guys. I think that one is pretty insane. Uh, he's currently sitting at plus 154. Again, maybe throw a little fun parlay down on damage the Darren, uh, Darren the Damage Elkins and uh, the self-proclaimed best wrestler in middleweight. That one right there would be sitting at plus 570 for a parlay and again if you throw one unit on that you're sitting at 6.7 units made so not a bad little parlay to have some fun with guys uh let's jump to the chat here real quick and see what the folks are saying so the blackado said the live footage of that uh from a fan's angle was wild okay that's fair but i mean his arm goes limp it's it's still like he was still fine he wasn't out um 
also he said boyka 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 again you gotta go watch the undisputed movies folks they're just gold cinema gold um he also is 40 and lying about his age wait what who's 40 and lying about their age incredible uh So long as Petrosky doesn't lead with his face or gas out, this should be a fairly straightforward ragdolling. I completely agree with that. Um, and yeah, 100% he was not out, and most likely he would have survived that simply just standing there until he gassed his arms out. It was not a super deep guillotine. Um, he was under the chin, but it wasn't like super tight. Again, I, it wasn't properly clamped, and I do agree with you, Mad Max. Pereira looks like he's 40. And he's like 29 or something. Um, but, you know, PEDs will do that to you, folks. Oh, yeah. He's probably looked like that. He's like, I, I am 12. <laughs> Just looked like that in middle school. <laughs> the guy from the, what was, what was that? The bench movie? warmers. Yeah. The bench warmers, yes. <laughs> I am 12. So good. I am 12. Classic. Classic. That's such a solid movie, bro. Uh, oh, yeah. Great reference. So oh, yeah. the next one, I, I said that this is one of my most excited fights, right? My actual most exciting fight for the entire night, though. Jonathan Martinez versus Adrian Yanez. Come on, folks. It's a chef's kiss moment. Um, This fight is one of those fights that, again, it has just banger, just like spray painted across it. Um, Curious to hear how you think this one plays out and who you have winning. I'm pretty split on this one, so I'm I'm hoping you sell me one way or the other, man. Oh, man. I I love that. I mean, it's It's a pick-em, man. I mean, Vegas is is torn on it as well. The odds are really close here. We got our boy Jonathan Martinez, the dragon, who basically, what I felt like, slayed the dragon and beating Saeed Nurmagomedov. That's right. He beat Nurmagomedov. That's basically like slaying a dragon in my book. I'll consider that very similar. Um, But the kid's very talented, man. 29 years old, 18 and 4. He's got AKOs who is name and the dude's known to be a really good leg striker i think that's sort of his x factor in this fight and that's why maybe what excites you what's what excites me about this one is that we have a collision of of two different styles of striking but nonetheless we got two guys that are in there looking for some violence and uh, again i think the thing with jonathan martinez that might be giving him the edge here is if it feels like he just has a little more momentum again just beating aside nomargo medov which nobody really saw that come in uh, beat Cub Swanson, put him away pretty easily. I don't, well, I don't want to say that, but you know, found a way to get him out of there. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Uh, but no, I mean, he just he's making it look as if you know these guys are you know not in his class. And again, to to go out there and and have a kickboxing match with Saeed Nurmagomedov and win, my goodness, you know. So my my hats off to him, but. I like my underdogs. You know this, man. You know I like my underdogs. And I love my boxers, man. So I think Adrian Yanez is going to do what he needs to do. He's going to recover from that most recent loss to Rob Font. I think he's going to cut off the cage like Canelo did. And he's going to put uh, Jonathan Martinez up against the fence there. And I think he's going to find a way to put some leather against his chin and put him out of there. That's what I'm hoping for. I honestly don't know if that will happen. There's a good chance Adrian can lose again here. Because, again, Jonathan's really slick on the ground as well. But I just I gotta go with my boxer. I gotta go with my guy here. I gotta go with my gut. I gotta go with my underdog. You know this. I'm going with Yanez. But that's He's just me, sl- brother. I mean, I don't even know if I'd call him an underdog. This is like a pick 'em almost. Minus one fifteen to minus one oh five. Very close. But I do know you love your dogs. I do know you love you love to to bet against Vegas. Uh and you know, you might not be wrong about it. But 
for for the first time on this episode, we're going against each other, brother. Um, I actually convinced myself during during your speech towards Adrian Yanez that I was I was fading Yanez in this one. Um, Coming off of a loss to Rob Font, biggest win as of recently over Tony Kelly. Uh, you can look it up if you want to Google the finish. I think all you have to do is type in, um, oh God, what was the caption? Adrian Yanez ends racism 2022 colorized. Um, <laughs> sorry, bad jokes, bad jokes. Um, so, yeah, it was a great fight. Uh, that Kelly one made a bunch of us happy. And hey, that's that's from someone who knows Andrea KGB Lee, who's dating that guy. Fuck, fuck that guy, am I right? Uh, <laughs> so, moving forward, we got Jonathan the Dragon Martinez coming in against Adrian, the man with no nickname, Yanez, fighting out of La Porte, Texas, uh, fighting against another young man who's fighting out of Plainview, Texas. It's a battle of the Texans. Uh, I heard that the loser actually has to leave Texas. Um no, all jokes aside, I think that with Adrian Yanez coming off of a recent loss, being knocked out by Rob Font just back in April, four days before my birthday, um, I think it's going to be tough for him to bounce back from that kind of a loss. And Jonathan Martinez is not the training wheels you want to jump on after you've had a bicycle crash, folks. Um, he's more of like, you know, if you have a, a tricycle crash and then you got put on a motorcycle, that's what's happening right now. So I think that if you put Rob Font against Jonathan Martinez, Jonathan Martinez probably beats Rob Font. Um, I'm just calling a spade a spade here, guys. Like the, the dude got a TKO leg kick over Cub Swanson, and then he went out there and beat a fucking Nurmaga Madoff. Oh, and also, if you look back, um, I mean, he's just had banger after banger after banger, like Thomas Almeida, Frankie Signs. The list goes on, folks. I think he gets it done. I think he gets it done via leg kicks. Um, the reason that I'm leaning Martinez here is because Adrian Yanez is one of the better boxers in the division. And in my opinion, one of the funnest young boxers in the UFC to watch. Um, he's someone that I, I just absolutely find pleasure in watching him do his thing out there as a striking fan. He has a certain swagger about him that most people don't have, and it's a lot of fun to see. Now, across from him, so does the dragon. He's got a dragon swagger, folks. He really does. Um, but here's the thing. Martinez, he's not as as fun or flashy as Yanez. He doesn't have as good of maybe post-fight uh, speeches, and he didn't get the crazy cool knockout over Tony Kelly, which obviously built the brand for Adrian Yanez. But I truly think that they're a bad stylistic matchup for one another, and it couldn't come at a worse time for Adrian Yanez coming off his first TKO loss in the UFC. He's going to eat a bunch of leg kicks. It's going to slow the mobility. He's going to have his trees chopped, and I think once the footwork is depleted, he's just another fighter with decent hands. Um, his footwork is what makes his boxing so credible and so fascinating to watch, and when you take that away... It's not like he's a Chuck Liddell power puncher, right? He's somebody that more like Poirier where he has to death by a thousand stings, right? He's got to build up to it. So I think it's a bad stylistic matchup. Jonathan Martinez is going to chop the trees and um, probably going to start a fire with all that wood, man. Sheesh. That's a good analysis. Unfortunately. I mean, I, I hate to disagree with you there. We'll be doing a shot. Somebody will be, but uh, it's going to be a great fight. This is a, this is going to be a banger. Y'all make sure you tune in. Uh, so real quick in the chat, Mad Max Meridian said, is KGB cool? I get mixed vibes sometimes. Uh, at my first restaurant job way back when in Bossier City, Louisiana, uh, Shogun Steakhouse and Sushi Bar. They actually have a location out here in San Diego. 
was fantastic. Uh, she was a pleasure to work with and we've kept in touch for all these years since. Um, when I realized that she was making her way into the UFC, hit her up on Instagram and Facebook and we've had numerous conversations since then. Um, she's been nothing but nice to me. I've never gotten anything like racist or like negative in that correlation from her. I will say she has iffy taste when it comes to men uh, from what I've seen. They don't have the best track records, but that's just me. That's just my take. Um, and then he also said, I kind of think people sleep on Martinez a bit because he's kind of unsuspecting looking in a way. I completely agree. He looks like the homie that you would just drink Modelo's with and watch the UFC on Saturday. Like he doesn't look like the guy that's going to be fighting in the UFC on Saturday that you're watching while drinking Modelo's. Uh, so I do agree. He's unsuspecting looking. I think he gets it done on Saturday. I think it'll be a very fun fight. And I truly think that if he gets a big win over somebody like an Adrian Yanez, it'll be the best thing for his career thus far. It will pole vault him into top 10 contention and it'll be hard not to. No, yeah, that's facts. This is, yeah, this is a big statement. Whoever wins, this one's going to have a lot of momentum behind him. And the other one, I mean, especially if it's my boy, Adrian, I mean, two losses like this would be tough. So real tough back against the wall here, man. I'm, I'm, I know both are going to be fighting as if their life depends on it. So that adds that much more fuel to the fire. Let's go. Absolutely. Um, speaking of Andrea KGB Lee, the woman we're talking about in this next fight, Vivian Arroyo, her last most recent win actually came over Andrea KGB Lee, but now she is fighting a phenom. And Jennifer Maya, um, Jennifer Maya, who's coming off of two back-to-back wins over Marina Morose and Casey O'Neill, who are also up-and-coming beasts in the UFC. Um, Jennifer Maya is someone who fights out of Shoot the Bucks, which, I mean, who doesn't love Shoot the Bucks? It's the reason we don't get to see Charles Oliveira fight Islam Makachev in a couple weeks. Uh, and, you know, they're known for just beating the hell out of each other at that gym. But... I digress. I've heard if you want to get good at fighting, you should probably fight. That's what DC said whenever Dana called uh, AKA a gem of the stone age. So I can't talk shit about shoot the box because they produce champions. They produce great talent. They, they do go a little bit too hard though. Uh, that being said, Miss Jennifer Maya is coming from shoot the box fighting Vivian Arroyo, who is fighting out of Calendari or Calandia federal district, Brazil. She is training with Serrata MMA and Copania Atletica, uh, which I, I'll be honest, I don't know many of the, the staple of fighters that they train, but I know that uh, Vivian Arroyo is an absolute beast. She has wins over, again, Montana De La Rosa, Roxanne Mataferi, Andrea KGB Lee. Her most recent losses are from Caitlin Chukagian. You might have heard of her. She's uh, known as Blonde Fighter, but around these parts, around this podcast, she's known as probably the arguably greatest gatekeeper in any women's division. Um, and she's also lost recently to Amanda Hebas and Alexa Grasso, two just absolute beasts. Um, I love Amanda Hebas. Her energy is probably just the second best energy in all the UFC first best definitely being Vanessa D uh, just cause I mean, I got to meet her in person and that energy is wild. But again, Jennifer Maya, Vivian Arroyo, this is a close matchup. Jennifer Maya has the much, much larger threshold of experience coming in at 21 and nine. Vivi is coming in at 11 and five, leaving a lot to be desired as far as her most recent performances. I mean, since making it to the UFC, she has had success, right? But in her last six fights, She's sitting at three and three. Um, just curious to hear how you see this one going. Like, do you think that there's a significant advantage on either side of the board here? Uh, and who are you leaning towards at the moment? 
Yeah, I mean, I do think in terms of the Octagon experience, you obviously got to look at Jennifer Maya and having over 30 fights under her belt and being a year younger. That's definitely uh, says a lot there. I think that will maybe pay dividends in this fight, especially as it gets later into the fight itself. Um, but I do think Vivian Araujo uh, does have the speed advantage here, which I know you like a good old fashioned quick jab and, and little speeds through there. But um, that's what she's going to be bringing to the table. So, you know, she's going to be moving. She's going to want to stay outside, pepper her, um, or at least, um, geez, Viv- Viviana, uh, pepper Jennifer, blank for a second there. Um, but I think the speed is going to be the big one. That's going to be the big difference for Arajo. Can she keep maintain that for 15 minutes or is Jennifer going to, you know, hook an anchor on her and, and take her down or, um, even just maybe be able to go tit for tat. I am curious to see how the strike and exchange will go. We'll probably be able to tell early on here. I'm leaning Jennifer Maya, but again, man, I mean, speed kills and, uh, Vivian has looked really good in her last few fights. I wouldn't be surprised here. You know, I like my underdogs, but this is another underdog, man, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just saying lean and Jennifer here. <laughs> That's my official pick, but Vivian, man, she's, she's solid. I, I like what I see from her. I like Vivian. I think Vivian has a big chance here. Um, I do think Jennifer Maya has the far more, you know, more tenured career. That being said with her having over 30 fights, I mean, she's, she's got more tread on the tires that's been taken off too. Right. And it's not like she was fighting nobody's. She was fighting an Invicta before she was fighting in the UFC. And when she made it to the UFC, she was fighting the same names that Ronda Rousey had just fought. She fought your Liz Carmouches, who just fought for a title in Bellator last weekend. She's fought an Alexa Davis. She's fought Roxanne, the happy warrior, Montefiore. Again, she's fought the Caitlin Chukagians of the world. So, I mean, these people have all fought essentially the same people. That's what I mean when I say there's a shallowness to the women's divisions in the UFC specifically. And that's, that's the problem, right? Like these people have fought most of the same people, but just because this person beat her and she lost to this person, that MMA math doesn't work, right? Vivian Arroyo, I think, is going to have a massive speed advantage here. And I truly think that if Jennifer Maya is not able to land a takedown at some point in this fight and drain the energy out of those big, strong, muscly arms of Vivian Arroyo, it's going to be bad news bears. I think Vivian Arroyo has the advantage here in speed and strength. And I truly think that it could be her chance to bounce back into not only the win column, but into the conversation. Facts. Facts. This is a big co-main event. I mean, these women have a lot at stake. A lot of eyeballs are going to be on them here. So certainly, um, and I both at 35, 36 years old, you ain't getting any younger, right? You're on the other side. You're on the back nine of the career there. So if it ain't now, it ain't happening. Facts. Absolute facts, guys. Um, so that's it for that fight, guys. Now we're jumping right into the main event here. Uh, and in the main event, we got Sadiq Youssef. Coming in against the legend, Edson Barboza, who has just been looking thicker than a Snickers lately. My gosh, Edson Barboza has been putting on the muscle. My gosh, dude, he's so ripped. It just looks, some of the pictures of him lately look photoshopped, right? Um, but that being said, he's coming against a man that's got far less fights than him, right? He's got uh, 10 less wins and nine less losses. And this man is. Uh, an absolute beast in his own right. Super Sadiq Yusuf, not only is a great fighter, but he's a great YouTuber and predictor of fights. Uh, again, super, super detailed analysis and breakdowns over on his YouTube channel. Make sure you check it out at some point after this episode. Um, that being said, the man, all jokes aside, fighting out of Camp Springs, Maryland, by way of Team Lloyd Irvin, 
he's an absolute beast. Uh, his two most recent fights, I think, were probably his two most impressive fights to me. Um, and those were over Alex Caceres and Don Shanis. Now, he got a win, a unanimous decision win over, you know I'm a big fan of this guy, Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres. And I don't want to say he made it look easy, but he made, he made it look skillful, right? Uh, he made it look like he was always going to get that win. And he knew that there was no chance he was going to lose that fight. Uh, and being able to do that against someone that's as elusive and has as good of a flow state as Bruce Leroy, I just truly think that he's got all the skills in the world. And the the sky's the limit. So I'm here for this one. I think Super Saduke Yusef, do I think that he's deserving of a main event slot? I don't know. But I'll tell you on Saturday... And I do think that if he's going to have a main event slot and it's against Edson Barboza, I mean, sign me the fuck up, bro. Like, that's going to be a striker's delight. I don't think Sadiq, even though he has solid grappling, I don't think he's going to shoot for a takedown in this. He's going to come out there like, oh, cool. I get a main event. I'm going to give these people a main event. Let's go. I love that. I hope he puts on a show. I, I think that's what he's going to do here, right? I mean, hey, his first main event, first 25-minute fight, you know he's amped up about that right 30 years old and he's been around the ufc for a while i feel like now i'm gonna quickly try to look how long Sadiq, exactly but Sadiq's yeah, five been years. here for a minute yeah he's been here since 2018 he got a win over mike davis to earn his contract in the ufc or in the uh, dana white's contender series and he's had a great run i mean only losing to an arnold allen who again taking him to a decision aged really well i mean and my not gosh a whole lot of people have been able to beat arnold allen who aren't named max holloway so again, yeah. not a bad loss yeah, brother, not at all. Um, and again, Edson Barboza, though, I mean, this is a legendary fighter. I mean, he's been in there against anybody and everybody. Was at one point maybe the perennial gatekeeper, but just has all the talent in the world, man. I mean, his leg strikes and everything are just, uh, I mean, bar none. I mean, the 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 calf kick and his anything he throws, leg kicks. I mean, it's I guess that he's almost like the the benchmark, right? Like it's like. On a scale, there's Joe Rogan, then there's Edson Barboza. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in terms of leg kicks, I mean, we're talking. Let's go. No, his, his leg kicks are nasty, bro. Um, the legs, yeah, he's filthy. But no, I, I, I mean, think if it, you ask me, like, who throws the best leg kicks, I would tell you it's probably like a two way tie between him and Jose Aldo. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Jose in his day, <laughs> brother. Nobody touched him. Um, and again, I mean, maybe something in that, in that water out there in Brazil, but. It's hard for me to bet against my boy Edson Barboza. I think just somebody that, yes, he's lost to some a lot of people, frankly, but Styles make fights here. And if Sadiq's going to try and go out there and outstrike, uh, he's yoked and Usada will be come knocking at his door, Edson Barboza, uh, <laughs> then sign me up, man. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm taking Edson. I'm not going to bet against Edson in a striking match. Not today, not never. I don't care if he's 50. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. I mean, Edson Barboza is an absolute stud. Again, like he, he's a beast, right? Out of 23 wins, 14 of them are knockouts. Come on, dude's an absolute beast. He is also someone that's known to go out on his sword or, or go, go winning with his sword. Right? So that being said, he's been KO'd slash TKO by Giga Chikadze. Love Giga Chikadze. Um, he also got beat by Bryce Mitchell in a, I mean, a fairly, for the most part, striking match. So if Bryce Mitchell can go out there and outstrike him, I'd, I'd hate to see what Super Sadiq is able to do with a smart game plan and not getting baited into a brawl. I think it'll be a striking match, but I don't think it'll be a brawl if that makes sense. Um, jumping into the chat here, the Black Hato said, if Sadiq Youssef survives round one and a half 
or sorry, if if he survives round one and half of round two, I think he wins this fight. Um, Authentic Z, what's going on, fellas? What's up, Z? Welcome to the chat, brother. Glad to see you. Uh, Mad Max said he's not convinced, or I'm not convinced he's good enough to pull it off, even if he does have the right game plan. Live dog Buff Edson. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at live dog Buff Edson, man. Um, so Authentic Z also said, same. Sadiq's face alone screams, knock me the hell out. I mean... Punchable face. Punchable face. (laughs) (laughs) Mean. But but don't disagree. Yeah, don't disagree. disagree. Um, (laughs) I can't disagree. Uh, (laughs) But, again, I think out of 13 fights, he's got six KOs, one submission, six decisions. Uh, he's, He's the more... I mean, he's the more realistic bet in this fight, guys. I think he can 1,000% get it done. Um... But you know me. My brain is telling me Sadiq Yusuf, so we're going to sprinkle a little action and follow our heart and go Buff Edson uh, whenever we do a little breakdown in a minute here of our bets. And I did, while the episode was going on, actually go ahead and throw together some graphics. So we will go ahead and go through our bets here. Um, Nano, now that we're done going through this whole card, let's look at what you've got going on for the weekend, my guy. Let's go, brother. I appreciate the the quickness here, man. You're agile. I love it, brother. The hostess with the mostest, man. Quick shout out. This guy does it all, man. All the graphics you see, all the sounds. I mean, dragging my butt here every every uh, twice a week here. No, I'm just kidding. Love everything you do, brother. Appreciate you. But yeah, man. Hey, three-pick parlay. Uh, all my eggs in one drive turkey basket here. That's usually my style. That's how I like to roll around here. I like to make it a little extra juiciness, okay? So bet it at what you will. But I'm taking this three-laker here. My boy El Guapo starting at the top at minus 380. Supposedly, they were much lower to start, but then they jumped up because Vegas knew. They knew this is a cheat code. This guy's going to go out there, and he's going to stop a heli all tongue. There's no doubt about it. El Guapo, man, he's going to do it in a handsome style. He's going to display some great striking, mostly in the leg department. So give me Guapo here. I think he's going to put him away, but I'm taking money line. Same uh, money line theme here with my boy Cameron Simon. He's the man. What can I say? Uh, I can't believe he's an underdog. I mean, I know this, again, is two talented prospects, iron against iron here, top dog against top dog. Uh, again, I mean, for prospects under 25, these are two of the top at, you know, I guess in that realm. So, again, excited to see this one. Wouldn't be surprised if C-Rod, you know, uh, breaks my parlay here. This one I'm probably the most concerned about. But uh, give me camera sign, because I think he's the man. And last but certainly not least, okay, I take that back. I'm actually really nervous about this one too. Uh, but this is my boy Adrian Yanez, man. I, I just I'm leaning the boxer here. I think he's just gonna find a way to get it done. He is the favorite somehow, some way at minus 105. I don't know if it's changed now since then. Maybe I just got bad odds. But uh, I do like what I'm seeing here from Adrian Yanez. I think he's gonna come back here. He did show glimpses in that Rob Font fight. He just a little more defense. Don't just sit in the pocket here. And then this is another guy, Jonathan Martinez. You don't want to just sit at range with because, again, he's got great late kicks. He was able to outstrike or outkickbox with Saeed Nurmagomedov. Hey, man, this is a big one. You know, bring your A game. You know what's at stake here. I'm leaning my boy Adrian Yanez, man, from Houston, Texas, the boxer. He's going to find a way to get it done. And this is my risky but high upside parlay, baby. One uni for 5.6. Let's go. 
Well, I love the confidence, man. And honestly, I'm not mad at it. Chris Gutierrez, Cameron Simon, Adrian Yanez, those are all really, really solid picks. But you know me. It's time to change the pace a little bit and go with a little bit of a divide and conquer. That's right, folks. We're going worldwide here today. We got a little bit of every place. And we guys. got graphics, we got, uh, brother. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm I do this together while we're, while we're live here. Ladies Come and gents, this is, on, this is freestyle go. right here. Come on now. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was saying. Thank you. That's a win. Come on. So, Vivian Arroyo, we got her coming hard, coming strong, coming out of Brazil. And we got her getting it done over Jennifer Maia here, folks. Um, Plus 124. It's too good to walk away from. It's too good not to sprinkle just a little bit of change on that one, guys. Um, Because, you know, what what it all boils down to it, when I open my wallet, I realize. Barack Obama is not the only one begging for change. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Send some change my way, folks. <laughs> Trying to rack it up. Vivian Arroyo coming in plus 124. Going with the money line there. I think that is, um, I don't want to say a safe bet, but it's as safe as the other two you're going to see coming in here. Cameron Simon coming in all the way from Africa. Plus 136. They need to throw some respect on that young man's name, folks. We got the single play money line on this one. Got a little half a unit on Vivian. Got a little half a unit on Cameron. And we got a little half a unit on Irina Alexeva, a.k.a. You can tell by the graphics, folks. She's the Russian Ronda coming in at plus 124. I'd like to think she probably gets it done by submission, which obviously is going to have juicier odds. But I'm not here to be crazy. I'm here to be right. Okay, so I'm just going to take the money line here. I do think it's a safer bet. Um, And I think... Melissa Dixon has ways to win this fight, but I'm hoping she leaves them way back home um, where she came from. So that way, Russian Ronda is able to pull it off. I think she does have a safer bet at winning this fight. I think she gets it done via submission. I think she has the better grappling. I think she has the better overall game. And uh, even though her striking looked absolutely terrible in the tail of the tape video that she recorded, once that cage door shut, it did look a lot better, folks. So... That's why I am going with threes. these three. I think they all three get it done, and that is going to turn 1.5 units into 3.4 units. Again, not going to break the bank with these winnings. This is not going to be like the Errol Spence uh, Jr. winnings that we got, but you know what? We can't all be as confident in our picks as I was in the Bud Crawford pick. So we're going to keep stacking up unit by unit. These three are all going to hit, okay? Um, and... Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we definitely get it done here, guys. Let's go! I love it, man. These are solid picks, brother. Honestly, and great graphics. I mean, Russian Ronda. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. For Russian Ronda graphic. I, I actually I like the way that one came together. It was nice. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We had a little Brandon Moreno <laughs> dancing here on the on the screen for you audio listeners so that's why we were dancing in and uh i think i'm actually gonna throw down one more uh that you guys here convinced me to do or maybe maybe we convinced ourselves here to do this one but i've, I've convinced myself that this is a solid play and you know what fuck it i'm gonna make it just a little bit more ridiculous here uh, so I just put together a four pick parlay because, um, you know, I felt weird just doing singles and not having a parlay in. So this is what I'm thinking, guys. Tell me how you feel about this one in the chat. we got Darren Elkins plus 164 money line. Andre Tadal. Petrosky plus 154 money line. Edson Buff Boza plus 140 Ooh. Ooh. money line. 
And uh, last but not least, going all the way back to Russia, where it all started for Russian Ronda, plus 124. You parlay all those together, and you end up getting plus 3,504, which means one unit will get you 36 units. Oh, um, my Lord. Juicy, like Matt Max just said. Absolutely. Juicy. Yeah, so I think, I think we're going to sprinkle a unit on that one. I think that's probably the play. Actually... Uh, no, I'm gonna put two units on that one. Yeah, I'm gonna put two I units like on it. that one. Why not? Why yeah, not? I feel like I feel like it's a good play. I um, I feel I feel pretty confident about these getting it done. And again, like even though they are not the favorites, they are the favorites in my opinion here, guys. I think that I think they get it done. Uh, in, we like our in, underdogs. I think they actually get it done in emphatic fashion too. Like I, I truly have a feeling that these guys are going to get it done. Hey man, gotta go check out brother. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to, I think we're going to make that happen. Yeah. Replacing that one. Replacing that one. Locked and loaded. Good. Also got a new follower. Vivichick. Vivichick. I appreciate it. Welcome to the, welcome to the crew. Thanks for What's the follow. Up? Appreciate um, it. Vivi. So yeah, I mean, fairly fairly close dogs for the most part, and very possible. I think all four of those guys and gals can get it done, and uh, if they do, we will be pretty happy. Hey, Vivian Arroyo joined the chat. There it is. There That's she who is. That's Vivian is. That's who <laughs> Vivian Chick is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but welcome to the chat and welcome to the channel, Vivian. I appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, those were pretty solid. I feel like we rushed through that entire card, and you might think. That was a great show. See you next time. But there's more, folks, because today was arguably one of the weirdest and craziest days when it comes to this crazy sport that we call the UFC and mixed martial arts. Um, Nano, how are you feeling about this news today? <laughs> I don't know where to start, man. I think uh, first thought when I woke up was, oh, boy, pandemonium, right? I think the initial news with Charles was maybe the first one that broke. He's not going. You're thinking, oh, no, it's off. But then you think, okay, at first pandemonium, but then it's like, holy crap, I just got way more excited on all the news that happened thus far. But starting with that, right, I mean, Charles Oliveira uh, out, unfortunately, the surgery, not ideal, or the cut over the uh, eyebrow here. But guess who steps in on short notice, who's an absolute dog, who it should be on the cover of Dog 2, uh, written He's by yours truly. Part 2. Because he is the absolute do <laughs> epitome of a dog. He is the top dog. And that is Alexander Volkanovsky stepping in, less than two weeks' notice. Khabib and Vol uh, Islam say, hey, don't matter who is there. If they're available, they can make weight, line them up. Islam's a champ, will beat anybody. And Islam's already chirping, saying, hey, don't let that be an excuse. You better come in and see what you got, man. And you have a feeling that's all Volk's been focused on. I mean, you know that's all he's wanted ever since. So he's going to go out there, man. I know he's been preparing low-key. Um, so I'm excited for that. And then, I mean, my goodness, you know, Paulo Costa, the, again, surgery, another boneheaded thing. It just, you know, shit happens. I don't want to say boneheaded because, I mean, that's just, you know, bad news bears, right? But I guess before we even dive into that, what are your initial thoughts with the Charles news and now it's on Volk dude. So, um, Volk obviously stepping up is super exciting. I'm super psyched that he is stepping up. I think that 
he's a better matchup for Islam than Charlie Olives would have been. I thought Charlie Olives was just going to get smashed again. Let's just call a spade a spade here, folks. Um, but I'm excited about this fight. And I think if Volk wins on short notice, like something we're not taking into account here is Volk. It's not like he wasn't training. Okay. He's been training this whole time. Okay. He did have his hand messed up. So he hasn't been able to spar until last month, but he has been training. And just like you said, Nano, you got to think this has always been thinking about since the loss to Islam. Islam was training for a very, very different fighter and Charlie Olives. So both of these men are coming in here with a, a bit of a disadvantage with this fight taking place on short notice. Authentic Z in the chat is saying straight up, if Volk wins on short notice, does this put him on Mount Rushmore? I don't know. Um, I think it puts him very close. I think um, if he does this and then goes right back down and destroys Ilya Teporia, sure, he's probably Mount Rushmore. Um, on mine, he does, man. I mean, this is this craziness. I mean, unprecedented to go in on short notice like that will be wild. And a part of me feels like if he is going to do it, he might be able to knock him out or TKO him. I mean, it's he might. It's man, so much, so much at stake. There's so much I, on I don't the know. line. Yeah, because I, I almost felt like Islam was going to beat Charles. I just had a feeling that was more past. That was going to happen again. But Islam, oh, come on, brother, let's go. That was a t- that was a tough fight last time around, man. I was oh, um, dude, I was Every sweating bit bullets. Close. But yeah. I, I mean it. I did have that fight, and I don't care how many arguments this starts in the chat. I had that fight four to one. I thought Islam won four out of five rounds. Um, I could see how you could score two rounds for Volk, but again, I, I thought Islam won that fight fairly handily. It was competitive. It was not one-sided, but as far as the round scoring system goes, I thought Islam did everything he needed to do to win the fight. Um, so... I think he should get it done again, but it should, it's not going to be easy, right? It's not going to be easy work. It's not going to be easy money. Uh, Black Otto thinks that the fight, the short notice fight slightly favors Volk, and I completely agree. I think short notice Volk is better than full camp Volk because he doesn't have time to think and get inside of his own head. And I also think that if Volk just goes for it and rushes forward, he has more of a fighting chance than someone who goes in there with a calm, calculated game plan because the only way to beat somebody like Islam is the same way Sean Strickland went out there and beat somebody like Izzy. You have to choose which type of water you're going to be, right? You could be the water that flows. You could be the water that crashes. When it comes to beating Islam, you've got to be the water that crashes. you got to be a fucking waterfall of relentless forward pressure, not giving him time to even think about shooting for takedowns and not giving him time to establish his game plan. That is the type of Volk that can come in on short notice and can win this fight. I just don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, when it comes to the other fight, Usman coming in on short notice against Kamzat, and not only that, but coming up a weight class to do it. Are you My fucking kidding God. me? My what God. the hell? And winner gets freaking Strickland. Let's go. I can't believe it, man. That, that excites the hell out of me. Maybe Usman at this age, maybe he you know accomplished everything he could at uh, 170, which totally understandable. And um, hey, man, I mean, those are two studs i mean it's different I, I don't know man i mean that's crazy maybe you're hedging the bet for the ufc that comes gonna win i'm i guess and that's how that's the validation or maybe because costa comes was gonna be that already right so kamara steps in he's available he's ready i mean geez i think but what are I your think thoughts a lot of people are, i think a lot of people are thinking that this one just instantly favors um comes out because he's going in bigger he's the bigger guy he typically fights at 185 um and this is a 185 fight I mean, his better fights are at 170. 
if if we're just being completely honest here, he hasn't fought any real big contenders at 185 that I think he's humbled super crazily. Um, other than GM three and like you run that fight five more times, I don't know if it pans out the same way every time. So that being said, who gave comes out his best fight thus far? Gilbert Burns, fair? Absolutely, that was a who beat the fuck out fight. of Gilbert Burns. Our boy, his uh, training partner, Kamaru. Who would beat the fuck out of Gilbert Burns 10 out of 10 times? The ex Our boy, Marty yeah. from fucking Nebraska. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to look good out there, man. He's going to look beefy. He's going to look a little more full at 170, man. Or, I mean, 185. So, so here's the thing. Like, and, and like I'll, I'll tell this to anybody. I don't care like whatever your master of discipline is. You tell me you're a Muay Thai guy. Like, what happens when you land your strongest leg kick? And I don't check it, but I laugh at you when it lands. And keep moving forward. What happens then? Or if you're a wrestler, what happens when you've shot three double legs and I've stuffed all three of them and I'm chuckling every time because it's that's, so fucking easy. That's confidence I, out the what door. What happens? Yeah, he like, turned what into happens a shell. to Kamzat's confidence yeah. when he shoots five times and they're all unsuccessful? And he's eating big bombs from Usman, who's way stronger. Yeah. Man, I mean, it's it's crazy, man. I mean, hey, I'm excited to break it down. It looks like there's some controversy. Mad Max may not necessarily agree. Comzot is Max. an absolute savage, but we're gonna have he's a chance a, to break it down here soon. Getting absolutely rocked in that fight. I mean, what fight are you talking about? The the fight with Gilbert Burns? I mean, sure. Like he he ate shots from Gil, but he he big brothered Gil. And if we're talking about like the the big differential being the fact they're going to be a weight class up, I mean they're still the same guys, they're still the same frame. It's just that's a little bit more muscle or weight. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of that poundage is just kind of the water weight and the bad cut that they really want to avoid. I think Kamara walks around closer to two hundred. Not to mention, I mean, you've seen a lot of guys. I mean, Sean Strickland, the champ now, was at one seventy. Uh, Robert Whitaker also is at 170, and they've transitioned That's I just was fine. Scared. I was scared they were going to say Robert Whitaker stepped in on short notice. I probably I would have peed my pants in the worst way. Um, the Black Otto said in the chat here, Usman getting rocked by someone who knew him and trained with him for years is different than for, versus someone random. I completely agree. That's someone that worked with him in sparring, knew his weaknesses, and didn't exploit them um, versus somebody like Hamzat who again, is a beast in his gym. Everybody thinks he's a beast in his gym. It's very different, right? When you go to somewhere else where you're not the big kid on the block. And I think Usman cuts a lot of fucking weight to get down to 170. And I'm not saying he's a weight bully, but I think he could probably have a successful career at 185 if he really wanted to. And we're going to find out on Saturday. Not this Saturday, but in the coming Saturdays. Um, I know Nano has to get out of here, so we won't go into super crazy details. Um, But the last thing we real quickly want to touch base on is USADA. And my Usada. question for you is this. So Asada, um, Usada is, is, has left the building. They're leaving January 1st. And the big question is this. Do you think that it's because Weird. of the Conor McGregor stuff? I, they, they, didn't they just post that he got into the pool, back into it? So they, they did a long, lengthy push. He did they just said get back into entered, it. He entered the pool, but they said that they will be done with the UFC's business or done conducting business with uh, the UFC as of January 1st. And they also basically posted a big smear campaign going over the fact that they're parting ways with the UFC because Dana White and the brass even suggested letting Connor skip that six-month um, must for testing. Uh, that's... 
Jeez. So they basically were like, hey, you sure, know, all PR these, stuff at that point. Yeah. These guys are asking us to skip like bend rules for people like Conor McGregor. And that makes our company look bad because our job is to make this safe for the fighters. And they went right. on to say things like due to Dana White in the brass. They're setting back the safety of the fighters by years and years, and they're putting them in harm's way and this, that, and the other. Um, do I think USADA helped? Absolutely. Uh, do I think that it kind of took some steam off the fights? Yeah. I mean, I've, you've heard me get drunk and joke and say, I say we just pump all these guys full of all the roids and see like how far we can push the peak human fucking physicality. Let's make Captain America's out of here. Where's the super soldiers here, guys? Put it on IV Exactly. Drip. Exactly. Um, I mean, if, if you're high octane athletes, you're doing everything the right way. You got a nutritionist, you, you're doing, you're putting everything in your body, a little bit of that kind of stuff, whether it's a little steroids for recovery, you know, kind of like Connor was doing, or I don't want to say it's a, an advantage, but the reality is if you do it the right way, I mean, it's a little bit of boost. I mean, it is a little bit of a boost, but you still got to put in the work, you know, and these are the guys to be able to do it. I would say, why not? Well, absolutely. But I mean, like what you're saying is, is true, but at the same time, like if we're racing, and I have a car that costs 500 bucks and you've got daddy's money and you've got like fucking twin turbo and shit out the wazoo. It doesn't matter if I'm a better driver than you. Like granted, you still have to drive the car. You still got to do the work. You've got way better performing parts under the hood. It's kind of cheating. Like Unless we all have that engine. Yeah. You're cheating. And I'm fucked. And then, yeah, I know. And then you think of the competitive advantage of, you know, a 22 year old, 25 year old that's in the heap of their career and everything. And then you got the 39, 40 year old. I mean, even just like literal testosterone levels. I mean, there is an actual probably little somewhat of an advantage there. But, you know, you learn the skills, you get better with time. I mean, sometimes you see people turn out the clock, but that would be maybe in some of those scenarios. Yeah, yeah you don't want to see the young buck just totally WWE juiced out. It's like, all right, that's a little too much. But, you know. Brock Lesnar's coming back for UFC 300. Now, now, uh, all of a sudden, WWE. Turns out um, it was two things keeping him out of the UFC diverticulitis and a lack of steroids. Um, (laughs) No, but like all jokes aside, I feel like I got to agree with Mad Max Meridian here in the chat, right? Like recovery might be the biggest factor. He said he feels like injury rates and fight cancellations as a consequence have gone up since then, and he'd like to see a stat on it. Might just be a thing he's paid more attention to as well. I agree. Um, I do think that fight cancellations, injuries have definitely gone up because now you can't take um, you know some steroids to help speed along the recovery process. Now you know you're probably going to be fighting with that deficit, that issue. Uh, now. What else Placado said here is USADA is interesting because the UFC parent company did officially gain WWE as a company as well. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. That's actually a really good point because let's, again, call a spade a spade here. I would probably bet that 90 to 95% of the roster roster of WWE are on roids. Um, and the other 5% are like the like gimmicky people. Like... Um, I don't know his name, like Swaddle or whatever, like the midget guy. And then like uh Dewdrop, the the kind of like larger woman, right? Like those are the only folks that are not on steroids. All the rest of them, they all are. I promise you. Um, so that does make sense. Like closing that deal with WWE and the Conor McGregor thing, it's it's probably like the last straw because yeah, I mean Granted, their contract was exclusive with UFC. Can't necessarily just include all the companies that they then start to parent like WWE. But I do also feel like um, it can't help the process. Right. Uh, And that on top of them trying to get them to bend rules for Connor left a bad taste in their mouth. And so they just decided to part ways as a whole. So 
that's it. That is the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, and I know Nano is going to get in trouble if I don't let him go right now. So I am going to be a good friend and co-host to him. I appreciate you, brother. Get out of here, guys. Yeah, um, hit the road. Hit the old dusty trail, man. Long, long trip ahead of us. We're fantasy football talk for this episode. We'll go through it next week. Um, yes, sir. And that being said, guys, um, Nano is going to do extra homework for next week since we're skipping this week. You can bet your yeah. ass. Absolutely. And, yeah. I did realize, too, the waivers went through yesterday. So it's like I, we could do a waiver episode, but you kind of would have needed that news probably Monday or Tuesday. So we can, we'll, we can we'll readjust. Best add, or drops. best add and drops. We can even do it on yeah. Monday. We'll do a waiver one yeah. on Monday or something. And even real quick, just for this week, I mean, Josh Downs is a name I like a lot. Um, still out in a lot of leagues. He seems to be maybe the number two target out there in uh, Indianapolis, Garden Minshew. He can sling it. He can sling the rock. I like what I'm seeing from a slot receiver out there. Um, he's had pretty good points so far. So that's one name. Um, oh, man, I'm blanking on that one. KJ Osborne. I mean, I lost Justin Jefferson in my league. He seems like kind of an obvious one to step up. Or Jordan Addison, that, that other rookie guy, if he's available in your leagues. Um, but those are a couple a of, of names that I forget about. This year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like one of my little tricks of the trade and fantasy is in the later rounds of the draft. I try to get as many of those rookies as I can may look wonky at first, but Hey, one of them are bound to hit and the ones that don't maybe eventually drop because you drop players anyways, but the rookies, man, they're starting to come out uh, and produce more often, but yeah, sorry for the quick notice here, but we got a, like I said, quick, uh, strict itinerary and Hey man, appreciate you. This has been a fun episode, man. The hour and a half flew by. And it's easier when we got a good crowd here in the comment section. Thank you all for joining as always, man. Mad Max, Placado, uh, Authentic Z, Vivi, the whole squad. Let's go. Let's go. Love to see you, baby. Um, as always, we appreciate you all joining the chat. We appreciate you all viewing and just hanging out with us, spending some time with us while we break down these fights. And uh, safe travels to Nano this week. Uh, I know you're going to be doing a lot of traveling for upcoming wedding fun. So, early congrats again. And, man, hope everything goes super, super smooth. And um, you make leaps and strides in the wedding planning process. And Thank until you, next Thank week, you, guys. Of course, brother. And uh, as always, guys. We will see you next Monday and next Wednesday. And until then, keep the passion for mixed martial arts alive. Let us know what bets you cash in on. And uh, we'll see you next time, folks. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA, and our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.